I've done, we haven't done this in like two weeks, so I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph, and I just realized that I left the fan on, and you might hear it, so I'm going to get up and turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So while you're doing that, um, this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 13. This aired January 29th, 1977. This was hosted by, um, this was the first athletic, or athlete, rather, host. (laughs) 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 Um, Fran Tarkenton, I guess he was on the Vikings, in the Vikings, I don't know, and they were in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, I believe that year he had predicted they would win, and then they was they did not. Yeah, so, they made fun of him for that. Yeah, um, the musical guests were Leo Sayer and Donnie Harper. Yeah, this episode was so weird. Um, there was this like reoccurring bit that tied into the host being a football player, and it started with the cold open. It was like. Um, you know, a locker room, there's a coach, and it's John Belushi, and he's coaching all these people who are wearing jerseys, but you realize that it's all just the cast and the host, uh, Fran Tarkenton. Um, and so he's coaching them for this very episode. Yeah. Um, John Belushi, yeah, is the coach. He's like, oh, I'm not in this week, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. This is like Kind of, it was like a show within a show. They were treating the comedy sketch as a game, and like the entire floor of 8H had been turned into a football field, which was kind of fucking cool. Also, I yeah, think they Al zoomed Franken out and showed it. And yeah, Al Franken and Tom Davis were like either coaches or backup players or something, because they were in a number of sketches tonight as like background people. Um, yes. And I think I told you. Gilda is going to see Al Franken this winter. Delta, provided Delta doesn't fuck things up, but, you know, I'm very excited. Anyway, back to the show. Um, I thought it was funny that the chant for the team to psych them up was like, ha, 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 ha. Like, that was adorable. It was Um, great, and Jane Curtin gave it her all when it was her turn to do it. She did and John Belushi's like okay give me a take to the left and they all turn to the left take to the right turns instead of like a fake it yeah it was yeah kind of cute and then they all went in and they were like on three live from New York it's Saturday I thought it was great it was really great it was so cute um and they went from that into the monologue which it was like at first it was just Fran Tarkenton talking about the Super Bowl and how he predicted that they would win, and that wasn't the case. And then he starts to sing, and it cuts back to where we were for the cold open, which was Coach John Belushi, um, you know, in the field, and he's looking stressed out about this. And then in the corner of the screen, you have, like, an insert of Bill Murray, who had quite a few lines this episode. Um, and he was sort of being, like, a sports broadcaster, explaining how... She was nervous about Fran Tarkenton singing when he's supposed to be doing the monologue. And so then uh, Belushi sends out Garrett Morris. And, I mean, I love that. I always love seeing Garrett Morris flex his musical talent. 
that was where it became evident, like, oh, they're doing something different this episode. Like, the cutting back and forth from sketches to coaching, sketches to coaching. Um, fuck, I am so hot. I'm wearing a bra. Are you going to care if I take my shirt off? My apartment is, like, 78 degrees right now because my air doesn't kick on during the day. Are we good with that? Oh, yeah, go for it. Oh, my God, it is so fucking hot here, too. It's just oh, horrible God. everywhere. It's just disgusting. Oh, It'll be fine in, like, an hour, but because it's an eco-friendly system, if you don't walk by it, it doesn't turn on. Well, great. I have cats. They can't do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm guessing you really enjoyed the next sketch. Yeah. So the next sketch was a Dan Aykroyd ad, and this was for a Swiss Army gun. Um, (laughs) He started this off by talking about how there's a real need for a multi-purpose fishing tool, and... He took out this Swiss Army gun, and it was, like, a huge, like, prop Swiss Army knife, and he pulled out all the different, I don't know what you would call it, but all the different tools that it has, and, you know, you had the nail filer, you had the the knife, whatever, the but then there was, like, screw. yeah, and then there was a gun and a rocket launcher, and an ivory toothpick that was literally just, like, a whole, like, elephant tusk. It was a bit much. It was. It was, um, I mean, at this point, I think we've come to expect the, you know, infomercial ad from Dan Aykroyd that is his quote-unquote thing. Um, I really thought him taking all of the parts out and then just holding it up at the end, it was like, yeah, they know, they America, weapons. Yeah, it was a good little ending shot of him taking out all the, the bits and pieces that it has. I enjoyed it. The next one, also... America. Um, yeah, this took place. Uh, Amy Carter was portrayed by Lorraine Newman. It was Amy Carter showing up to school with her Secret Service in tow. The Secret Service was Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. And they, like, come in and they sweep the classroom and they're doing, like, spy turns. And that was actually kind of amusing. But then Lorraine Newman comes in, sits down at her desk, and Jane Curtin's like, you know, why are you late? And the Secret Service agents are like, sorry, got motorcade got caught. She's like, you could have turned the lights on. And it was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, she was like a really tough teacher, and she gave them a quiz on presidents. Um, and like, hold on, sorry, I'm so high. She gave them the quiz on presidents, and Amy was so like, Sorry, I don't know why I took the lead on this. I'm too high to explain this one. <laughs> you are fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, Amy Carter's like filling the answer, filling in the answers, and she has the Secret Service guys leaning over her shoulder, and they're like, "Yep, that's right." And then like there's another answer, and like the, or there's another question, and they tell her the answer. At which point, Gilda Radner's character's like, "Hey, she's cheating!" And the Secret Service men then proceed to go over to Gilda Radner, lift up her desk because it's one of those old hingy desks, you know. And they, like, shove her in it, they slam it down, and they're, like, beating this small child up because she pointed out that the Secret Service was helping Amy Carter cheat. And then it gets to another question, and they're like, oh, I don't know that one. And they, like, back out of the room. Yeah, they were, like, trying to copy off of other kids because it came to a point where Amy Carter couldn't cheat off the Secret Service. They just simply didn't know the answers. Um... And, yeah, it was just so violent on this fucking, like, child character out of nowhere. That was a bit much. But it was also kind of like, okay, it's Secret Service doing it, and they're clearly, like, these, like, 
two dumb characters. Like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, we went into the first musical performance of the night, um, which was Leo Sayer, and he performed When I Need You. Um, this is not my thing. I was <laughs> like, okay, cool. Guy with a high-pitched voice, very 70s, very soft rock. The black woman's voice was rad, though. She was singing back up, but, like, her voice was, like, low and smooth. It was great. Yeah, I only know Leo, Say- Leo Sayer yeah. from the other song that he performs yeah, later exactly. on in this episode. Which I will say I did not know was him. I always thought that was a woman singing. No, I knew it was him, but I just never knew what he looked like. I don't know. This was not what I pictured. No. It was not what I pictured at all. So, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Do you... The, the, the next, next sketch... <laughs> yeah, so this was The Black Perspective, and this was hosted by Garrett Morris, and he was interviewing our host, Fran, um, about black athletes in the NFL, and this was, like... I don't know. He Like, Garrett Morris had, like a statement that he said about, oh, you know, it's 1977, but there's still going to be prejudice and issues and, and anything. And Fran's initial response was no. And so then Garrett Morris like brings up like all these like specific examples and he's like, oh yeah, actually that is true. And then he like said something that was like vaguely racist, but I don't remember because I didn't write it down. Yeah. It was, it was something about standing behind, are, are you something about a black quarterback and are you going to let a black man stand behind you? I, I don't, it yeah. was, and Garrett Morris is like, not me. I got a wife and kids. And it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then there was a joke at the end. It was like, Oh, and next week we're going to, or Fran Tarkin had said something about, Oh, and you need to check in with Mark Spitz as to why there's no black swimmers. And I was just like, Oh Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Yeah. So that was that whole sketch. And the next sketch didn't get much better. No, it did not. It was like this quote-unquote super exclusive restaurant that's like in someone's home and they only serve people three nights a week and it's only one couple. And it was Bill Murray and Jane Curtin. They were on a date there. Um, Dan Aykroyd and Gilda Radner were portraying the husband and wife cook and like waitress or server at the restaurant, and their daughter was portrayed by Lorraine Newman. Um, every time Gilda Radner and Dan Aykroyd would leave the living room where uh, Jane Curtin and Bill Murray were eating, they would get into, like, violent-sounding, scre- like, violent screaming matches across, like, in the kitchen, and they're throwing things, and all the while Lorraine Newman is playing the recorder really badly as table-side entertainment, and she's fed up as well. She is screaming that she needs to get out. And so it was just like domestic violence and really unhappy people. And then at the end, Dan Aykroyd's at the table and Gilda Radner stabs him. And she's like, here's your check. And the check was on the knife, like on him, like the knife stabbed through the check. And Bill Murray and Jane Curtin are like, wow, that's not a bad price. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, probably not considering you just witnessed a murder. Yeah, that was a really traumatizing sketch. It was 
mm, like it went on for really long and it was just kind of uncomfortable. Should the whole we take... joke was Okay, go ahead, sorry. Just that the whole joke was like this horrible marriage. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna ask if we wanted to take bets as to who uh, wrote which sketch or who wrote that sketch and it's like, well, I can think of a person. <laughs> I saw that person in a sketch, but I don't even remember what it was. If it's the person that I'm thinking. The oh. most fucked up head writer? Yeah. Mr. Mike? Yeah. Yes, the gum commercial I remembered. Yep. Yep. Okay, so anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much to get to. Um, oh, this was kind of funny. This was. Fran Tarkenton... He was like, you know how like athletes are sponsored for Wheaties or something or whatever, like they're on the box. He was doing an ad for sugar-frosted anabolic steroids, and there was a line where he says, like, he's like stating all of like the positive benefits, and he sh- he says it'll turn your grapes into raisins, and he broke, and like the entire yeah. audience was like, "Fuck, this is amazing!" Like he just like had an a moment of, "Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that!" Like. No, that was a good oh, moment. I loved really his little line. laugh there. Um, and yeah, and that so that was that was a pretty fun little ad. I thought it was clever. I liked it. The camera backed up at the end, and you see that he's sitting there with his um, wife and son, who both have like facial hair because of their <laughs> steroid use. <laughs> yeah, and then this I'd seen this clip before. And I absolutely fucking love it. I watched it three times when I watched this episode just because I love Jane Curtin's delivery. But we go into Weekend Update. And she's like, I would like to begin this by reading a letter. And it's a letter complaining about how, you know, they want sexy Chevy Chase back. And she goes into this monologue about she was trying to be a real newswoman and give competent, like, you know, give competent takes on topics and well, she didn't think that sex appeal was the way to go, but if the people want sex, sex is what they'll get. She rips her shirt open, and she's wearing this, like, absolutely sexy little black bralette thing. Anyway, uh, I... And then she proceeded to do the rest of Update with her shirt open, and I was like, God damn, let's fucking go. You got this. Yeah, it was great. She kept winking. Um, and, yeah, she had some uh, headlines she went through... The first one that I noted was when she talked about the $2.6 billion cruise missile and she cut to, um, or they cut to footage of this and it was this like old timey black and white, like, you know, just like people outside and then this little missile buzzing up to them and she was like, oh, $2.6 million, um, or billion rather, geez, um, with this like upbeat music. It was just goofy. I liked that. Yeah, that was definitely goofy. Um, I laughed out loud at her reading the scientific study, and it was like it proved that it was like, I can't remember what she said, but it was like a witch's tit is no colder than a normal tit. I can't remember what she said instead of witch's tit, but I fucking laughed out loud. Yeah, Uh, she was killing it, honestly, the whole time. Yeah, this is probably her best update appearance, uh, or at least the one I've enjoyed the most so far. Yeah, it was great. Um, but then we cut to uh, Fran Targenton with John Belushi, and it's not really clear at first what's going on. John Belushi's, like, 
just kind of as a Boy Scout. Um, and Fran basically says that drugs are getting in the way of John Belushi's acting career. And then, like, John Belushi starts talking and he's, like, all fucked up. And, like, that's, like, the whole joke. And ugh, it was... Ugh. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like an actor of renown, then drugs, now he's rehabbed. And Fran Tarkenton ends it with, uh, thanks to community appeal, he's working again. And it's like, I hate, I absolutely hate how much they are using John Belushi's um, drug use as the butt of the joke. Like, I know that Lorne... I know they tried to get him to go to rehab, or maybe they did get him to go to rehab. I know that Lauren invested heavily in Chris Farley's rehabs because he didn't want the same thing to happen to him as happened to John Belushi. Um, you can hear all about that in Live from New York, the episodes that we did when we were still baby podcasters. But it's like, okay, they say, oh, we didn't know, and we tried to help him. But at the same time, you're not helping him if you're making it part of his shtick and part of his, like, persona. Like, you're, he's going to play into that. Yeah, they're making an awful lot of really exploitive jokes. It's just yeah, uncomfortable to see. And yeah, it's like, yeah, no. It's just uncomfortable. Yep. Um, I think that was pretty much it for update. Nothing else really stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, we went into another sketch that cut between... Or wait... Yeah, the sk- <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, yeah, the sketch was another one that was cutting from the sketch to John Belushi as the coach in this little team situation, um, and this took place in a hotel room after the Super Bowl, I guess, and it was Lorraine Newman playing that like ditzy sort of like valley girl that she does. For yeah. lack of a better way to describe it. No, that's um, literally I have <laughs> written down. So yeah. I'm completely fine with that description. Um, something I noticed in this sketch, it was like, holy fuck, she is tiny. Like, unhealthily tiny. Like, her wrists yeah. look like pins, and her thighs are so small. No, I've like literally always noticed that about her. She's a really thin woman. Yes, and I mean, I know that they've all discussed being like, well, we didn't think there was anything wrong. We just thought it was like a great new diet. So I get that. But at the same time, like, I know she was young, but man, <sighs> freaks me out. Anyway. Yeah. Something else. Fuck. I kind of hated this sketch. Um, <laughs> Fran Tarkenton plays himself in everything. It's like kind of Michael yeah. Phelps level bad. Like, you can't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was basically just Fran Tarkenton wanted to fuck. And Lorraine Newman was just, like, talking on the bed and was like, oh, my God, it's so far out. Like, isn't it crazy? And he's, like, taking off his shirt and, like, trying to get into bed. And he keeps, like, running to John Belushi to the sideline for, like, advice or something. And it ends with uh, there being eight seconds left. And he's like, you want to go to bed? She's like, sure. And then they run off stage because the play is excuse me, quote-unquote, complete. Yes. It, it, um, was a, it was a heavy euphemism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next little bit was, uh, it looks like a funeral, and, 
you see all the people like sitting. Oh, is, is this not the next little bit? No, I, this, I, this is why I just puzzled at my notes five seconds ago. I, say, <laughs> I, I didn't take the best notes for this. I was like, when I watched, I watched this two nights ago, and I was also in the process of cleaning my apartment because uh, he requested his pseudonym be Johnny. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, because Johnny was coming over, and yeah, that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys giving us kind of like a two weeks on, one week off vacation this summer because someone's been preoccupied. Whoops. Um, and we're both changing jobs. Yeah, seriously, moves. though. I mean, A, Gilda just got... Gilda? Nope, that is not your name. You're Steph. Um, <laughs> That's Jesus Christ. I even Steph myself. just got... <laughs> <laughs> Steph just got a wicked cool job that I can't wait to hear more about and we can't say it because it's identifying but just know it's really fucking cool yes I'm very excited (laughs) yeah and I got the nerd job but this week was the first week that I felt like I had a handle on things yeah this was like the first week that it was like oh okay I've done all of this before like the skills are coming back to me but this is getting the into the legi- swing of things. Dude, you have no idea. Like, this is the most legit position I've ever had. You know where I worked for the first portion. And that was very normal. My second job was chaos. Pure chaos that made me drink. That when you told someone that's the town that I worked for, their response wasn't, oh, how cool. But it was, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. How is she? Yeah. So, and then my third job was just fucking weird. So, job <laughs> four, we got this, and we're loving it. So, hell yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, anyway, that was a very weird little tangent, but we're planning on being weekly again once like the season starts and we get closer. We've just had chaos and more chaos. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah. There was a blimp. It was like a cute toy, and it was like a blimp right. flying around the studio. And then, um, there was some kind of, like, oh, this is a- this is what's on ABC right now. This is your alternate programming. And it was like an old-timey shit musical or something. And then... There was a Stevie Wonder joke, and I can't even remember. I just know it was offensive. It was something about a tribute to black blind musicians or something, and I was just like, what in the fuck? Yeah, and it was like a marching band that would um, march in the shape of sunglasses. Yep. Yeah, and then immediately after that, they cut to, uh, not immediately after, but a little bit after, uh, Fran Targenton was asked how he thought the episode was going, and he said that that was a cheap shot right there. Yeah, um... Something about a gay quarterback joke and thank you for providing the color. No fucking idea. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck. We had Leo Sayer's second performance, which, okay, fine. We all know this song. It's the super high-pitched, you make me feel like dancing. And, okay, fine. It's a 70s light rock or light rock bullshit, like light pop Diddy. Um, it I makes me feel like dancing. It, it, okay, it does make me feel like dancing. I will give it that. Did his balls not drop? That's what I was also wondering. Like, yeah. Um, 
Gary Weiss uh, had a film this week that was... I wasn't sure if this was something we had already seen or, like, really similar to something we had already seen. Oh, my fucking God! Same! I was like, fuck, this feels really familiar. But I honestly couldn't... I, I did not care enough to go back and be like, have we seen iguanas eating lettuce before? It feels like this is something Gary Weiss has done previously, but also... A lot of Gary Weiss's short films have the same kind of weird vibe, so I don't know if... I don't fucking know. I, I and the people literally... in the films have such weird vibes, too. Like... Yeah! <laughs> None of these people are normal or people that I'm like, yo, let me get a drink with you. It's like, cool, I've noted you, noted your presence, and I'm never coming to this area again. Like, that's like, okay, so generally... you stand there holding a snake, and that's your whole thing. You're wearing right. all denim, holding a snake. Oh, no, it was fucking, no. So whether, I literally have written down, have we seen this? And then there was some perfume ad, but it was called, like, French Liquid, and it smelled different on everyone. And, ugh. So you're probably using dog ASMR right now. Okay. <laughs> I have the water in my room. Because he's in here all day except oh, AC Oh, he's snorping. Yeah. Oh, he was a thirsty boy. Oh, thirsty baby. <laughs> Are you thirsty? Oh, my God. Be <laughs> 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 nice. God, I hate when they do that. Although I don't have that problem anymore, but I hate it when Steve's dog did it. Yeah. It's literally all over the floor. Okay. Um... Oh, the, yeah, French liquid. Yeah, and they went through every single woman in line to buy French liquid and, like, said what it smelled like. And, like, it started off normal, and then it got real fucking weird. Like, gross. Yeah, just strange. Um, yeah. Um, we had a musical performance by Donnie Harper with the Voices of America, and this was sing a song this was in my opinion the best music of the night like it was pretty good could have given them two performances and had uh leo sayer perform your little dance song up there like jesus like why do we need two of those yo yeah um our last sketch of the night was so interesting to me i don't even know why it was like a credit card meeting for i can't even describe what it was but gilda was wearing this like big old wig and she was this character who bought way too much stuff on her credit card and then they were going through her purchases and like it was gilda and jane Curtin, and they were like one-upping each other on everything for the whole sketch the entire sketch. And I've really started to enjoy their rapport in sketches. Like, they can play off of one another very well. Um, and it's really nice getting to see that because I feel like with Chevy Chase being, like, the, like, capital S star last season and for the first part of this season, for fuck's sake, um, the other cast members, even if they had roles in the sketches, they weren't allowed to shine because no one was paying attention to them. The focus was... Excuse me. Elsewhere. Um, I thought when the sketch ended and the camera was, like, going up on the thing, um, both Gilda Radner and Jane Curtin were, like, smiling. Like, they, it was like, I don't know if they were laughing at the jokes or they were just like, damn, that was fun. But it was really cute. And I love it when you can tell they're like, yeah, we just nailed that. 
Yeah, they were both in character for that. It was so, like, focused of yeah. a sketch. Um, I did feel like it went on a little bit long, but... Yeah, as these tend to do. Yeah. Um, that was the then, episode. Yeah, that was it. They carried Fran Tarkenton. Like, he was like, you know, oh, ha-ha, like he was the sports star. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was your... What didn't work for you tonight? <clears throat> Um, let's think about it. Oof. The sketch. <laughs> um, that was, it was the, the date and the house where the people who worked there lived there. And yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It was, ju- that was literally painful to watch. There was nothing funny. The people in the audience were like kind of laughing, but maybe nervously at some points. Like, it didn't really fly with them either. Um, my Another thing that didn't work, but it was shorter and not as traumatic, and we've talked about it before, was the uh, John Belushi's drug use bit in Weekend Update, because why? Yeah, that was totally not fucking called for. Like, this has to be at least the third episode they've done that, if not fourth. Yeah... Um, Feels like it. What was your runner-up? Um, I think the ad for the steroid cereal was my okay. runner-up. I thought it was a really funny concept. All right. Um, God. I think my runner-up was... I'm going to say the cold open was my runner-up because it was like... This meta show within a show. Yeah, I, when I realized that the team was them, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. It was like, wait, it, at first I was like, oh, god damn it, what the fuck, another sports thing. But it was like, the way it, it kicked off, like, the thread of the entire episode, I was actually like, all right, kudos for trying something new. Yeah, it was cool and new. What was your best? Um, Jane Curtin and Weekend Update. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was, she was just, I don't know, the confidence tonight. And just like, yeah. it, she was just, she fucking owned it. And she did. I, yeah, I, I'm here for sassier, fuck you, Jane Curtin. Yeah, it's, same. Yeah. It's refreshing. But yeah, so you can find us on all major podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to this or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we're on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, and YouTube at Sat Night High Pod. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. And we have a website, satnighthighpod.com, which I actually have to update because I was showing my coworker the cool one. Um, I mean, they're both cool, but one that the one that I can tell this to and not get me fired. Um, she, uh, I, I went to the website and I was like, oh no, that's our season one logo. That's from before season 46 even started. Oh shit. So Whoa. yeah, I got to update that shit. Also, I need to add a 47th window. Yeah. Like we're getting there. We're getting there. Our Gmail is satinatehighpod at Gmail. I'm Gil. Yes. And I'm Steph. And until we next send you an episode, happy hiatus highs. Bye.
Happy hiatus highs. Our next episode is going to be Steve Martin and the Kinks. It's going to be yes. fucking good. I am excited. Oh my God. So, yes. Yeah. Be on the lookout for that next Monday. Toodles. Bye.